in the presence of the Lord. I felt a word of the Lord, uh, a, a prophetic word, a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge during the worship that I'll just share with you. I felt like the Lord said there are a few of you here, and it's possible that it's for some of you watching online, but I felt like the Lord said there are a few of you that are here today who are living in a state of regret from things in the past that you just can't recover from. You're, you're, you're locked into the regret from things in the past that honestly you can't change now. They are past tense, but you need to be released and to accept God's restoration and not be stuck in that past regret. And I can just tell you, it's, that's, sometimes that's hard. And we really need God's grace and the work of the Holy Spirit to do that. So can we bow our heads for a moment? If you're here this morning, I want to include you in this prayer as I pray for our message this morning. If you're here this morning, you say, you know, I think that might be speaking to me. I've been uh, locked into some past regrets that have kept me from moving forward now. Would you just raise your hand and say, Lord, I know what that is. I know what you're touching. I know that part of my life that you're referencing. And just, um, uh, and you can put your hands down and just receive this prayer. Holy Spirit, you know um, the past. You know the future. You know where we're at today. Even as we sang this morning, you are Alpha and Omega. You're the beginning and the end. And God, you are the all-wise, all-knowing God about our lives. You know every detail of our lives, past, present, and future. Some of us, Lord, have identified that this word of knowledge day is for us because we're we're kind of stuck in some regret. And I know, Lord, it can be a detour. I know, Lord, it can be a landmine. I know, Lord, it can be a, a, a hole in the road that just keeps us over and over again, spinning our wheels out of that sense of regret. But, Lord, I thank you that you're a God that sets us free. You're a God of not only forgiveness, but also restoration. You're a God who many times, Lord, you are able to even bring about dreams that seem to have been lost, but you can resurrect even dreams and you can give fresh dreams and plans. And so we ask you today, put your loving arms around each of us that identify with this word today. Holy Spirit, that you would just penetrate deep into our hearts where there are wounds and hurts and disappointments and, and all the stuff, the emotion and the memories that are locked up with that regret. Lord, would you just set us free today? Would you just pour your love and your grace and your mercy into that and that you would give us what we need today to rise up and to find our release and even the restoration for our lives Give us fresh dreams, fresh vision, fresh direction to release us from all the regrets of the past. Now, Lord, we ask that Holy Spirit would come and teach us through the message this morning, that you'd minister life through your word, that you give us not just information, but transformation, that you would stir us through the encouragement and the exhortation of the Word of God, Lord, that you would push us to places 
where you want us to go. We pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit for those who are watching through this streamed message and those that are sitting here in this campus right now. We pray in your name and for your glory. Amen and amen. All right. Hallelujah. You can get your Bibles ready. We're going to talk this morning about spiritual formation. Spiritual formation, what it is and how it's done. Spiritual formation is a term that might not be recognizable to some of you, so I'm going to unpack it this morning, try to help bring some understanding, and uh, I think it'll help move us forward. Most of you are familiar with the passage of Scripture that's referred to commonly as the Great Commission. It's found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, verse 19. These were the last words of Jesus to his disciples. Some of us sometimes think the last words of Jesus were said on the cross. No. The last words of Jesus were said after the cross, after the resurrection, before he ascended to heaven. And he is speaking to his closest disciples, and this is part of the words that he spoke there at the end of Matthew 28. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. The word for nations there is ethnos. It means people groups, uh, those that are unreached all over the globe. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the verse goes on. Please notice with me this morning that this verse does not say, therefore go and make converts of all nations. Notice that it does not say go and get decisions. It says go and what? Make disciples. Everybody say go. go. Everybody say make disciples. When Jesus Christ calls us to himself, we come to a point of new birth. He calls us to give us life. He calls us to give us life that is both eternal and life here on earth. Spiritual life, Zoe life here on earth. We have as Christians as a whole the general church of Jesus Christ have, I think, done a disservice through the years and the decades because we have somehow fallen in the trap of overly emphasizing a decision rather than discipleship. And we have simply told people, just pray this prayer. Everything's good. That's going to take care of it. All is done. Check the box. Your fire insurance is paid now. Now you have a ticket to heaven, and there's nothing else to do. But the Bible never, ever represents the Christian life in that way. The Bible represents the Christian life as a journey. And this scripture says, make disciples. So when Jesus called you to himself and you were born again, he called not just to give you eternal life, and we're all thankful for eternal life. Say amen. We're going to experience that in heaven. But he also came to give us life, new life, spiritual life to be lived to the fullness right here 
at this moment on this planet Earth. And that, my friend, is good news. Make disciples. God intended when you surrendered your life to him to accept his free gift of salvation, he intended for you to understand that you were to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, not just a saved person. Discipleship is at the heart of God. So this morning, I want to kind of lay some foundational things. I'm going to teach you this word, this new language of spiritual formation, and then help to give you some, some, some practical suggestions and principles that will help move us all forward. All right? So Christ calls us to be disciples, and he wants to make us into his disciples. And the question that obviously sometimes that we need to ask ourselves is, oh, what's the objective? If I already know that I'm going to go to heaven, if I've already accepted Jesus Christ in my life as my Savior, what else is there? I mean, what's the, what else is there to being a disciple of Jesus Christ? And I want to answer that question for you this morning. The answer is found in Scripture. Let me give you two Scriptures, and I'll, look at, I'll show them to you on the screen in a moment. But the first one is in 2 Corinthians 3.18. The second one is in Romans 8.29. The answer to the question is the goal of being discipled, the goal of you becoming a disciple of Jesus, which means being a disciplined follower. So it's not just receiving new birth, but it's you actually becoming a disciplined follower of a master. His name is Jesus. And the goal of become a disciplined follower of Jesus is to be spiritually formed. To become like Jesus. As far as that may seem to some of us, God's plan all along has been that you and I would not only receive his salvation by grace through faith, but it would begin a journey and a growth process where we would be formed. All right? So here we go. Two scriptures. 2 Corinthians 3.18. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more, I like that, more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Do you see that the purpose of God is that He is remaking us He is making us from the inside out more and more like him. Romans chapter 8 verse 29 says, for God knew his people in advance. How do you know that God knows everything in advance? Amen. He knew you. He knew you before you were conceived. He knew you before you were born. He knew about you before the foundations of the earth. For God knew his people. He knew what you were going to do. He knew you're going to be a part of his spiritual family. It says he knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. Not just to go to heaven, but to become like his son. Spiritual formation is the process of becoming like Jesus. Now, 
For years, the body of Christ and Christian leaders, we use the terminology discipleship to refer to this growth process. It's not a bad word. It's actually a good word. Did you know that in the New Testament that the word disciple is used 269 times? The word Christian is used, I believe, it's three times. Say, well, really? Yeah. So the emphasis from Jesus' viewpoint and the scripture is that we would become disciples, not just Christians by faith going to heaven. So we have been in the habit for hundreds of years, we refer to that process as discipleship. It's not a bad word. It's a biblical word, but it. Uh, there had been some concern among some that the word discipleship uh, simply had lost some of its meaning and people had lost the, the idea of what is the goal of this, all right? So I'll tell you this again in a moment, but the goal of discipleship is to be spiritually formed. And discipleship has been, in some circles, we've developed new language for it to help that emphasis. And we call it spiritual formation. In fact, today, if you were to go to seminary and in Bible college and most Christian colleges in America, in North America, you would take a course not on discipleship. You would take a course called spiritual formation. And the reason is this new approach It's just simply new language. It's not new other than the language of spiritual formation. So what I want to do is go back to the word. I'm going to use the word discipleship right now, and then I'm going to start using the word spiritual formation for the rest of the message this morning so that none of you will be confused. When we talk about discipleship or spiritual formation, there are two kinds. Really important that you just understand this. There are two kinds of discipleship. First, there's foundational discipleship. Secondly, there is formational discipleship. Let me explain. Foundational discipleship is the early foundations that every born-again Christian needs in their life. Just as when a baby is born, an infant is born, how many of you know that they need special care? Parents have to pay special attention. They go to special doctors. They feed them special foods. They need special care. Why? To help them get started in life. But the goal is not getting them to two years old. The goal is let them to continue through full adulthood. But what you do at the early stages of, of infancy and childhood is very important, as it is with being a Christian. When you become a disciple of Jesus, you need certain basics laid in place. Things like what, what happens on the cross. Pastor Brad taught on that last week. What happened when Jesus saved me? What, who am I now? What is the Bible? You know, sometimes we just make these assumptions like, well, sure, of course people know that the Bible has this many books. and the Bible, Everybody understands what the New Testament is. and People don't. Do you understand that one of the most common problems we have in America today is Bible illiteracy? Biblical illiteracy. So it makes 
the process of laying these foundations all important. As a brand new infant in Christ, we need to learn how to pray. I know Christians that are 15 years of following Jesus and they still really don't know how to pray. They don't understand the basics of their faith. They don't understand the importance of spiritual disciplines. All these things are just unknown. So we have to have foundational discipleship that lays those foundations in place so that they can go on to formational discipleship. Formational discipleship, once the foundation is laid, formational discipleship is the process of becoming like Jesus that goes on from then on until you die or until Jesus comes back. You and I are on this formational journey. It's called formational because we are being formed into the image of Christ. This is a great moment for a shameless plug. As a church, we have a process for the foundational aspects of discipleship. It is designed, it is a 10-week process of a grounding someone in the basics of the faith. And it is designed, the way we do it is through a one-on-one, one-on-one process where you meet with someone for 10 weeks, we give you a workbook, you work through it, you have a discipler, they work through it with you, they answer your questions, they build a relationship of support and encouragement for you, and you are able to launch into your Christian experience. There's some of you who have come to Christ recently or in the last year. There's some of you who have known Jesus for 10 years and you've never, ever really put in place the foundations for Christian growth. And that's why you haven't grown. That's why you don't look any more like Jesus today than you did 10 years ago. So we have a, a, pl- a plan and a program that we can help you with. So Kevin Lalin happened to be in this service, so I'm going to have them stand up. This is Kevin Lalin Sparks, and they're our coordinators for our discipleship ministry that focused on that foundational piece. And we have disciplers trained and ready to help you, either as a new believer or as a renewed believer. And you need to make sure that you've got those in place. We're here to help you do that. And all you need to do is you could talk to them today or you could simply go onto our church app or online. You look for uh, that those early discipleship, it's called First Steps or con conversations and you look at that it'll say discipleship sign up for that and we will walk you through the process we'll assign you a discipler and we'll make sure that those steps are laid in there amen isn't that good to know that all right god bless you sparks appreciate that all right so foundational discipleship formational discipleship please understand that spiritual formation is the same thing as discipleship All right? It's just new language that's been given to it that places an emphasis on the objective, which is to be formed to the image of Christ. This process is simply the way God is shaping us. This is the way that God works and recreates and molds. You'll see some of the images I've placed on the slides this morning have to do with a potter and the clay, because that's literally what God is doing. He wants to shape us into his image. He wants to make you into what he intends you to be. So God wants us to be what? 
like Jesus. He wants us to literally have the way we think our minds transformed. He wants your emotions to come in line with his. Maturity means that when God has a certain sense about something, you sense what he's sensing. Spiritual maturity is you adopting the heart of God for people, for situations. Maturity is when you not only think like God, you act like Jesus, you behave like Jesus, your character is being changed to where you resemble Jesus. One of the greatest problems that we have as believers is we want people to come to Jesus, don't we? You could say amen to that. We want the most people possible, we want them to populate heaven. So we want to plunder hell and populate heaven, don't we? But the problem is, is that those of us who represent heaven many times are the stumbling block because we don't represent Jesus to them. Why? Because we haven't been spiritually formed. We haven't moved through the process and moved down the journey far enough to where people start going, oh, man, there's something different about you. What is it that's so different about you? And we can then tell them. But if we still are locked into our past and all we're doing is holding on to the grave clothes of the past, we're not going to represent Jesus right. Amen? So... Let me offer to you, if I may, a, a, a wonderful uh, statement about spiritual formation that is, is actually a good working definition. So let, let me, you can see it on the screen. I'll read it for you. What is spiritual formation? It is the spirit-driven process where believers grow in their relationship to God, resulting in becoming like Christ. Now, there's some really important key words in that that I'm going to break down for you. For example, spirit-driven, process, becoming like Christ. Those are really important things. So just know, when we talk about spiritual formation today, we're talking about the process of becoming like Jesus and what that, what that involves. And every single one of us, if we know Jesus Christ personally, and you've made that decision, some of you here today may not have made that commitment, some of you listening online may not have been, and today I hope that you will. But if you make that decision today, it simply is the beginning of a lifelong process. You have eternal life instantaneously. But becoming like Jesus is a process. Someone say amen. Yeah. So we have, unfortunately, allowed Christians to remain like infants. And we've just kind of smiled and hugged them and loved them. And they stay infant-like. And the Word of God is explicit, but that's not His plan. So let me remind you of a couple of scriptures in that regard. Hebrews chapter 5. You don't need to turn to all these. I'm going to give you a bunch real quick, all right? Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. The Hebrew writer tells us this is what God expects of, out of us as disciples. Listen to what it says. 
He says, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you are so slow to learn. Yeah, ouch is right. In fact, though by this time, you ought to be teachers. In other words, you ought to be teaching, instructing, discipling others, but you need someone to teach you the very elementary truths of God's word all over again. The Hebrew writer goes on to say, you need milk, still need milk, not even solid food. You haven't grown up enough to where you can live on solid food. You're nine years old, but you're still needing milk. You can't even handle solid food yet because you're still functioning, acting, behaving like a baby. I didn't say that. Don't get mad at me. That's what what it says in Hebrews 5. Goes on other places in the New Testament. 2 Peter 3.18 says, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 10 15, as your faith continues to grow. 1 Peter 2 2, like newborn babies, desire spiritual milk so you may grow up. Colossians 1 10, growing in the knowledge of God. 2 Thessalonians 1 3, because your faith is growing more and more. Do you see this emphasis? It all is about what? Growing. Moving towards maturity, being on this spiritual formation journey. Hebrews 6, 1, last one. Let us go on into maturity, not laying again the basic foundations. So if you already have the foundations, now get with it and be formed. If you haven't laid those, let's get them laid. Let's, there's no reason to learn a big vocabulary word if you have not learned the alphabet. Right? No reason to try to teach someone a big vocabulary word if they don't know their ABCs. And that's what it's really saying here. So the objective we see for spiritual formation throughout the scripture is to become like Christ. Dallas Willard, who is in many ways, a pioneer and a father uh, passed away a, a few years ago, um, was a very, very helpful instructor and faculty member <clears throat> of USC uh, uh, in California, but a wonderful author and a wonderful man of God. And he said this about what we're describing, this process of spiritual formation. He said, it is the process of establishing the character of Christ in the person. That's all it is. You are taking on the character of Christ in a process of discipleship to him under the direction of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. That is a great description of spiritual formation. Now, I want to share with you a story before I get into these five principles because I want to give you some principles and I want to give you some action steps, all right? I was fortunate enough to grow up in a Christian home. I made a decision for Jesus when I was five years old. So as a child, I made a decision that I wanted Jesus in my life. I knew from the time that I was five, I was a, I'd identified with Christ. I knew I was a Christian. I knew I was going to go to heaven from that point. 
But from the time I was five years old until the time I was 17 years old, I didn't grow hardly at all. I didn't, it, I just didn't know any better. No one told me any different. I thought I had checked the box, had my fire insurance paid up, had a ticket to heaven, all is done. That's it. Don't need to do anything else. What I didn't understand is that I needed to grow up into Christ. That there was a lot of things I could have been doing even as a young person to grow and to be formed into Christ. But when I was 17, had an encounter with Jesus, ended up with a radical uh, encounter with the Holy Spirit, sold out my life to following Jesus 110%, filled with the Holy Spirit, started getting into the Word of God, disciplining my life, giving my heart in a new way, in a fresh way to God's control, and I just continue now on that journey. And it's been years now. My point is that there are many Christians who are stuck. There are many Christians who have simply, either for one reason or the other, they have never really gotten with the journey. They're still at foundation number one. And I want to challenge you today that none of us will allow ourselves to be stuck or never starting. That we will embrace the importance of being formed into the image of Jesus Christ. Now, let me give to you five principles that govern spiritual formation. So this is kind of how it works, all right? Here we go. Number one, the first principle that makes spiritual formation work is that spiritual formation requires change. Now, some of us have a hard time swallowing this. Because there's something about us as humans that we don't want to change. We resist change many times. And because we don't want to change, we we resist what God's plan is for growing us up. But in order to grow up and and to be formed in the image of Christ, you're going to have to change. What may I may need to remind you is that when you first came to Christ and you were born again, repentance plus faith was how you got there, right? You repented, you added faith, you had new birth. The word repent comes from a Greek word, metanoia, which means to change your mind resulting in a change of direction. I'm walking this way, have a change of mind, I repent, Turn around, go another direction. That is repentance. Here's news. Here's a news flash. Just because you're saved and you once repented, you have to continue to repent. Repentance is a lost art for many Christians. They think they do it once and that's all they have to do. No, I have to still repent. I have to still change my mind about certain things, therefore change my direction. 
Change will be constant as you're in this spiritual formation process. It's change this, change the way you think, change the way you feel, change the way you act, change the way you respond to situations. Y'all looking at me like a horse at a new gate, like you've never, ever heard this. Y'all know better. You know what I'm talking about. That's change. Even Jesus warned us that it was going to cost something. Listen to this statement. Very important. Salvation is free. But spiritual formation will cost your life. Salvation is free. But to become like Christ will cost you something. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. Does that sound like change? He must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Taking up your cross simply means dying. The electric chair. Take up an execution of yourself. You have to follow Christ by denying self saying, I'm going to die to that, apply the work of the cross to your life on a regular daily basis. And Jesus said, that is a requirement for you to be my disciple. If you want to follow after me as my disciple, you have to do this. Salvation's free. Spiritual formation will cost you. It'll cost you change. Some of you need to change the way you're treating your spouse. You say, oh, wait a minute, now you're talking about marriage. Wait a minute, now you're talking about marriage. I thought we were talking about spiritual growth. Yeah, spiritual growth and spiritual formation are to infect every aspect of life. How you act on the job, how you act at home, how you raise your kids, how you treat your husband or wife. Come on, someone say amen. Amen. It's all of that. Number two, spiritual formation is a gradual process. Some of us expect because we live in a microwave society, we think that it's, you know, it's like that. Well, if I hadn't seen that, if I haven't seen transformation in that area in one year, I mean, it's probably not going to happen. We, we are conditioned to want things instantaneous. But spiritual formation is not instant. It is not instantaneous. It is gradual. And I've got news for you. It will continue all the rest of your life. Some Christians are deceived into thinking they've actually arrived. I I haven't met any Christians who look just like Jesus yet. I'm talking about perfectly like Jesus. No. Why? Because we're all still on the journey. So cut yourself some slack. Some of you who are beating yourself up, cut yourself some slack. Some of you need to get with it, and others of you need to stop beating yourself up. So simply understand this is a process. So what you need to determine is, am I moving? Am I actually on the right trajectory? Am I in the formation process, or have I just gotten stuck back there, or some of us never even started it? But it's a gradual process. Um, 
You know, fruit and vegetables take time to ripen. Isn't that right? So um, there's few things that I love more than fresh vine ripened tomatoes during the right season. But I learned years ago that those tomatoes in most grocery stores were picked not ripe. They were picked green. And they were sprayed with CO2 and gases in order to then help them look right so that you would buy them in the store. How many many of you know that those tomatoes do not taste like a vine ripened fresh tomato? So it's just like that for us as Christians. You can't just spray a little gas on, expect a Christian just to all of a sudden look mature. Doesn't work that way. It's, it, it's skin deep. Gas tomatoes may be edible, but they're no match to the flavor of the right kind of tomato when it's allowed to mature slowly. All right, the progression that we go through to illustrate this gradual process is best illustrated, I think, in 2 Peter chapter 1. So this is, I know it's a lot of text on the screen, but just make note of this, and I'm going to read it to you, so listen carefully. So this is the progression that Peter describes for us, spells out for us of what this spiritual formation journey is. It looks like. This is what he said. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. I want to pause. Do you, do you notice where the sense, the gravity of responsibility is in this verse? Is it on God? Does God have a part? Of course he does. But where's the, where's the gravity of expectation in place to your responsibility? On you and me. Peter's talking to us. Holy Spirit's talking to us. You make every effort Make every effort to add to your faith. The word add there literally means to supplement. To add to your faith goodness. To add to goodness knowledge. To add to knowledge self-control. To add to self-control perseverance. To add to perseverance godliness. To add to godliness mutual affection. To add to mutual affection love. See all these character attributes... He's describing these are laid, not like foundations. They're like, once you develop this part of your character, then we're going to go to this. But you have to, you've got to work at adding. Some of you are subtracting, not adding. So we have to add to faith. Faith is your beginning point. You add to faith goodness, and I don't have time to define all those terms. But the point is, you understand this is a progression. And you've just got to see starting verse 8. Oh. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, there are a lot of ineffective, unproductive Christians who are supposed to be representing Christ. Verse 9. 
But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Lord, help us to understand spiritual formation is gradual. It's a process. Number three, the Holy Spirit is the agent of spiritual formation. The Holy Spirit is the agent of spiritual formation. We need to understand that only God can transform us. You can't transform yourself. You can't conform yourself. You need God through the Holy Spirit working in you this spiritual formation process. Um, Romans chapter 15 and verse 16 talks about being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Sanctified me to simply grow to be like Christ. And the work of the Holy Spirit is there to do that. In Philippians, it teaches us, but it's God who is at work in you. How? By the Holy Spirit. And he's there to what? To will and to act according to his good purpose. What? Once you accept Christ and the Holy Spirit comes to reside on the inside of you, his objective is to change you. His objective is to grow you up and to make you formed to the image of Jesus Christ. And he will continue to do that. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. Number four, the Word of God must be central to our spiritual formation. You will not be formed spiritually without making the Word of God important and critical and essential in your life. It is essential. Colossians 3.16, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Psalm 119 verse 11, the psalmist said what? Your Word, I've hid in my heart so that I don't sin against you. It's the word growing in my heart that allows me to be spiritually formed. Number five, spiritual formation demands, requires your, my active participation. I have to be deliberate. I have to be active in allowing spiritual formation to take place in my life. Even as Peter said, I have to make every effort to do the adding. I have to. So do you see that this is a partnership? God provides what? He provides the word of God. He provides the Holy Spirit. And it's up to you to say yes. If you don't say yes, you don't surrender. You're not growing. And you're not being formed. But if you say yes and you cooperate with the word of God... And the Holy Spirit, listen, you will be formed into the image of Christ. Let me close with this declarations. So I'm just going to give you, I've really tried to simplify this. So there are four disciplines that you must make a part of your life. And I know some of you, th these are all present in your life consistently. And I know some of you need to say, well, I'm not too good there. I'm not, you know, didn't grade out well here. There are these four disciplines I'm going to mention to you. I'm going to phrase them in terms of a declaration. And then I'm going to lead you to repeat them with me. Because if you don't do these four things, you're not going to be formed. This is your part. Remember I said active participation? This is your participation. All right? So uh, let's just look at them one by one. Number one is I, uh, I'm, let me use we. We will desire God. We will desire God. When we desire God, that's what activates growth. 
If you desire what you want to do rather than desiring God, it's not going to happen. Number two, we will grow to love God's word. We will grow to love God's word where we're taking delight in it. Number three, we will practice listening prayer. You will practice it. You'll long to hear God's voice. And then you'll long to listen as he teaches you about his voice. You'll long to spend time with him. And you'll learn to grow in your prayer life. But we have to determine to develop that discipline of listening prayer. Number four, we will gather with other believers. We will gather with others who also love God so that we can worship together, so we can share communion together, so we can do life together. We won't be sitting at home on a Sunday morning wondering, hmm, I don't know. Do I feel like I ought to go to church? I don't know if I want to. I've got a lot to do. I don't think I'll go to church today. All of a sudden, those those decisions are out the window. Why? Because you've developed a discipline of gathering. So I've given you four disciplines here. So I'm going to have you repeat them. Before I do, I'm just going to give you a strong admonition. All right? So buckle down. Here we go. Listen, people of God, it's time that you stop making excuses. No more excuses. No more just justifying yourself because that never promotes spiritual formation. No more wasting time apart from God when you could be doing so much better with him. We must get serious about the basics. And if we'll just do the basics, you'll find yourself moving forward on the right trajectory. So I'm going to speak these and ask you to repeat them simply as a matter of faith, just to say them with me. Number one, we will desire God. Number two, we will grow to love his word. word. Number three, we will practice listening prayer. prayer. And number four, we will gather with other believers. believers. Would you stand to your feet? God has so much for us. And I'm going to ask that our prayer teams would come forward and be available to Have you tell them decisions you've made for Christ today or to pray with you about any special need that you may have? If you're here this morning, I'm going to ask you you to respond to, to, to two questions. I'm going to ask you the question, are you satisfied with where you're at today in your spiritual formation process? Maybe some of you are here and saying, I don't know that I've ever started it. And you can start it today by just saying, Jesus, I accept you by faith. I repent and I turn to you. Thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. Make me a new person in Christ. Whether you're online or here in the room, you can do that. Some of you might say, well, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at because I got stuck. We've all been stuck before. Some of you simply aren't making the effort. You're just not making the effort. And so you're not satisfied. You can't be satisfied. After I ask that question, I'm going to say, if you could not raise your hand, there are going to be some of you that are going to raise your hand and say, I'm, I'm good. I'm headed the right direction. I'm making movement. I'm making progress. I'm good. 
There's some of you who can't answer that question, and I'm going to ask that you would raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. All right? So, first question. And those of you who are watching online, you can respond, even though you're sitting in your living room. How many of you are satisfied with where you're at right now in your spiritual formation process? Would you just raise your hand and say, I'm good. I'm good. Head the right direction, making movement. I'm good. You can put your hands down. If you could not raise your hand, that tells me something's going on, right? So either you hadn't gotten started, you're stuck, or you're not making the effort, the participation you need to. So if that is the case with you, would you raise your hand? And I'm going to pray for you right now. Just raise your hand anywhere you're at. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, I'm praying for every hand that is raised, the lives that they represent. Father, I pray for those that don't have a personal relationship with you. They've really not ever kicked off from ground zero. And I pray right now that they would make the decision. Let them accept your love and your forgiveness by declaring with me now, I believe in you, Jesus Christ. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I repent and I turn to you by faith and I accept new life through Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for those in this room whose hands are raised who are stuck Holy Spirit, would you just minister to them today and just peel back the onion to let them see exactly where the issues are that are holding them back in their spiritual development. Lord, that you would convict us by the Spirit deeply that we would not be able to leave here today without coming to grips with the truth and dealing with it by your grace. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, the engine of the Holy Spirit that is on the inside of us, Lord, stir up our hearts to move forward. Stir up our hearts. If we need to put in place those foundations, Lord, let us get with the program. Lord, if we have those in place, Lord, I pray that we would do what we need to do, even these four spiritual disciplines, Lord, that seem basic but are so critical. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would remind us, help us, do your part as the agent of spiritual formation to bring us to that place that God will be pleased with us and we will represent you to others. We pray this today. In Jesus' name. I'm going to invite you, if you receive prayer and you made an important decision today, that you come up and tell one of these prayer teams before you leave today. I invite you to do that. I invite you today, if you were one of those that you said, I'm not sure that I've ever laid the right foundation stones. I'd like to be a part of that 10-week discipleship uh, plan. You go online, do it. You can tell us, talk to the Sparks, go online, sign up, act on it now. And we'll put you through that process. All right? Pastor Michael's going to come just speak a word of blessing over you as you leave today. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Amen. Church, you were prayed over and blessed as you came in. And now I pray over you and I bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I pray that his presence stays with you as you go, that you would be reminded to desire him, to love his word, to listen while you pray, and that you would just be formed, that that formation would start even as you walk out of these doors. I pray peace and comfort and blessings over this week. 
whether it be with family or by yourself, that you would just feel his presence of peace and friendship and closeness and, and that you would just have a, a great week. Be blessed.